I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, welcome back to Smash Pod. This is part two. If you want to hear part one, why not go back and listen to that? In the meantime, here's part two. I hope you enjoy. I really do. She struggled terribly, Mr. Pond. It's a pity you got her involved in all this. It won't look like a suicide if you shoot me from over there. I am a professor of forensic medicine. Believe me, Mr. Bond, I could shoot you from Stuttgart and still create the proper effect. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, he meets Curie. He, he gives him the um, the car. There's always this weird moment that people talk about, where is the cage behind? If you look behind where he opens the box where the car is, you can see a leopard in a cage behind him. Right, and that's from another deleted scene where Q opens the wrong box and inside is a leopard. Right. So just in case anyone's ever wondered why there's a leopard behind them, it's a joke that they cut out because it wasn't very funny. Right. Yeah. Uh, because it's supposed to show that Q is even more bewildered than he looks, yeah. I suppose. But yeah, so well, his thing also, is... Is he, is he building leopards now? Because the yeah. thing, Q is not in charge of the fucking... Why would he ever... What? Oh. I think maybe someone had bought a leopard and he right. opened the wrong box. Okay, fine. So his thing is that he gives Bond a mobile phone, which in 1997, by the way, was a big deal. Right, okay. I mean, I only knew like one person who had a mobile phone in 97. And he was a dealer. No, he was a businessman. Oh, bet he had a fun car. Uh, he was my age as well, this shit. What's he doing now? Dead uh, of cocaine. Yeah. No, he's a... Uh, I won't go into that. He might listen. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. so mobile phone. But the mobile phone's also got two things it can do. It can electrocute people. Yeah. Three things, sorry. This is like Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> it can electrocute people. It's a fingerprint scanner. Yeah. And it can control the car via remote control. So Q does it, but of course it shunts back and forwards because he's an old git. So Bond says, maybe she... And it's got a lady's voice as well, because um, Q says, we thought you'd respond better to the female voice. Yeah. So Bond does a go, and of course he's like fucking Mario Andretti with it. And he parks it right in front of them. Just literally as it's about to... I mean, it could have killed Q. Yeah, it parks that close where he could have gone oh, and just it's, collapsed. It's the uh, the Batmobile from Batman 1989. It is uh, stop gag. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then he says, um, "Oh, she seems to respond well to my touch." And then Q says, "Grow up, 007. And then he goes to the party in Hamburg. You, I want a quick question about that mobile hmm. phone. How hmm. shit do we think the battery life is on it? Awful. It's a Sony Ericsson. It's, 
Oh no, it was just yeah. an Ericsson in those days. It wasn't a Sony Ericsson. Because it, because I mean, it's got all that. You make stuff one call do. for five minutes, it's dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And even oh. if you've got like a special MI six thing, it's hmm. doing a lot more than a mobile phone, right? Mm-hmm. It's got your phone call, your texting, your WAP. It's, it's also got <laughs> WAP. Fuck yeah. me. Yeah. It's sending sixty thousand volts through someone. Yeah, that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. I reckon is going to gut it. Mm. WAP. <laughs> I'd completely forgotten about WAP. Yeah, yeah. Bond, it's got WAP on it. Well, I'll mop it down later. Mm. No, don't grow up. I forgot about WAP. That was the theme that Dr. Yeah. Dre pitched. <laughs> uh, so then we go to Hamburg, and then we get the worst. I have to read this out. I have to. I'm sorry. I'm compelled to. The worst piece of dialogue I've ever seen in my life. I've heard you talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we go to Hamburg. There's a party happening at Carver's HQ. And then we fade in to the party. And this is what we're greeted with. Jonathan Price says, Anyway, there's absolutely no truth in this malicious rumour that I started running mad cow disease stories simply because Sir Angus Black, the great British beef baron, lost £10,000 to me in a game of poker and refused to pay up. Laughs. There's even less truth in the rumour. I took a hundred million francs from the French to keep the stories running for a year. <laughs> Fuck me. That's awful. Yeah. I think that Absolutely is Absolutely awful. It might be the worst dialogue in, in, in any Bond film, actually. Easily. That moment. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything. Because no. you don't think of Bond as being bad dialogue. I don't think I've ever no. thought it before. It's just no. functional. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, it wins award for that. It's not exactly Hugo Drax, is it? No. No. But then Bond turns up and says, Hi, I'm Bond, James Bond. Yeah. And he says, I'm a banker. Uh, and Carver goes, Ah, oh, another banker. I seem to collect them. You can't just walk into a party and say no. you're a banker. No, you can't. <sighs> but Carver says, um, to How's the market doing? And he says something like, Oh, your stocks are soaring. He's like, that's not the market. You you could have go- and how about the rest of the market? Oh, I didn't Google that. What you mean the arms bazaar? <laughs> it's like a market. Uh, so yeah, so then car and then but before he can get talking to Bond, um, um, Michelle Lau turns up. Is she called Mei Lin. Yeah, Mei Lin. Yeah, she turns up and she's like, oh, I snuck into the party. Oh, oh shit! Is it Waylin? Waylin, sorry. Yeah. She says, I snuck into the party, and he's like, oh. And then <laughs> I thought, funny. Oh, I thought, funny. Oh, look at that, Pete. Look at that. I wouldn't mind giving her a position in my Tokyo bureau. Actually, no, Dudley. That is an Oriental princess. She would not go near you or yours in a million years. Oh, right. Okay, fine then. <laughs> Uh, so then, while Elliot's talking to Waylin, Bond goes up and he sees um, Paris Carver, played by the Terry Hatcher. And then gigantic Terry, and what I mean is famous Terry Hatcher. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. But she was also pregnant, so you're half right. Oh, was she? Oh, good. Mm. Yeah. Well done. I think most of her nudie scenes in this are a body double because she was pregnant. Okay, good. But she's sort of hanging around in a mezzanine and Bond turns up and he walks in front of her and she says, I always wondered how I'd feel if I ever saw you again. And then she slaps him. Do you know why? She, and she, she really enjoyed the slapping mm. because apparently um, she didn't get on with Piers Brosnan. Really? Yeah. I think that, I thought that was impossible to not get on with Piers Brosnan. 
Well, maybe it's Terry Etchen not getting there. Well, she's well, the problem here. I'm just not casting aspersions. But I think what it was right was there, uh, she had done the love scene. They had filmed the love scene from later hmm. previously, and uh, she had got a must uh, like a beard rash off of him. Hmm. And that annoyed her, so she kept asking for additional takes so she could slap him again. Oh, my goodness. So, facts. Everyone loves Pierce. Have you seen Pierce lately? He looks genuinely, yeah. I mean this, he go looks on. more like he does in the in this film than he, in this film he looks to, to Goldeneye. Yeah. Right? He has aged less in the last 24 years. The he last, looks amazing. The last picture I saw of him, he had a giant white bushy beard and white hair. He looks fantastic. <laughs> he looks fucking great. He, yeah. looks, he is Civil War chic. Mm. He would be brilliant at playing Zeus. I would gladly... He could still be playing Bond, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a different Bond. Yeah, yeah. Like an old shag, knackered Bond, but mm. still, though. Yeah. I, I, he's, he, he looks great. He does. But, um, so they're talking for a moment, and then a waiter comes over and asks them what they drink, and Bond says... Uh, she says, Mr. Bond will have a vodka martini shaken, not stirred. And he says, Mrs. Carver will have a tequila straight shot. She says, no, Mrs. Carver will have a bottle of Mr. Carver's champagne. And he says, you've gone up in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. He thinks that jumping from tequila straight shot to some champagne means you have gone up in the world. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it's not like he said, uh, and the lady will have a bottle of lemonhead hooch. (laughs) 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 No, I'll have champagne. Oh, you fucking changed love. Yeah. We'll get you. Um, so then she utters the immortal line, which will come back to bite her. Tell me, James. I love the way in bomb films people always say, tell me. Mm. Tell me, James, do you still sleep with a gun under your pillow? Which will come back to her. And he says, oh, no, no, no. It's usually just like a sock or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like oh well i haven't forgiven you since you ran out of me because she said the last words you said to me was i'll be right back and i'd love it if he did it in a lally voice i'll be back <laughs> and then just went and never came back that'd be awesome <laughs> i'll be right back that got yeah. the line wrong i can't face her oh, again no, bye no, i got it wrong she's she's such a she's so into terminator as well i've probably <laughs> she's really oh, really annoyed yeah, so they have this little conversation and then they reconvene back with Elliot who's still talking to Waylon. And um, he, she says to... Um, <clears throat> Elliot says, oh, and this is James Bond. I didn't realise you knew each other. And she says, we're old friends. No, Bond says, we're old friends. She says, we're casual acquaintances. He dated my roommate in Zurich. Yeah, that sounds like bollocks. And then Carver says, this is Waylon. I'm thinking of getting Waylon behind a news desk. Oh. Is that that doesn't? I mean, I know it's supposed to play like a dirty metaphor, hmm. but I wouldn't mind having her behind a news desk. Yeah, is that's not, better. Yeah, that and it, both are wrong. Hmm. Uh, you should say I'd like her to do a, a breaking news story for me, which is my penis. <laughs> just say that <laughs> much better. Um, so then. Um, Bond says to Carver, by the way, you know, Bond doesn't want to let on he's a spy. So he says this, tell me, Elliot, I was just wondering about your satellites, the way you positioned yourself globally. And then Elliot says, they're merely tools for information, Mr. Bond. And then Bond says, or disinformation. Say if you wanted to manipulate the course of governments or people 
or even a ship. Well done, James. Yeah, I think he's on to you now, you yeah. dull twat. And then Carver says, that's very interesting, Mr. Bond. You have a vivid, vivid imagination for a banker. I should commission you to write a novel. Stop thinking about novels. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't think you want to be in the terrorism stroke <laughs> no. business. I think you want to be Jeffrey Archer. I think you do. Jesus Christ. And then Bond hears he's got an urgent phone call, so he has to go and take it. But of course, it's Carver's goons. Oh, Yes. I always like quite like this moment when I was a kid because one of them says, "How about we play a little number on his head, huh?" Because they take him into a music studio that's fully soundproofed. <laughs> it is, and it's he's um, Carver has talked to Stamper at this point and got his goons involved, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so says, "I seem to have a problem with a banker." Yeah, Stamper. So it is whatever time it is in 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 Hamburg now. Hmm. So this 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 is the morning of. The, the, earlier that morning is when this attack happened at the start of the film. Hmm. So Stamper has had a full day, mm-hmm. right? It's a, I looked it up. It's a 16-and-a-half-hour flight, right, from <laughs> Vietnam to Hamburg, right? <laughs> Plus, at that point, he's still in the middle of the South China Sea. You're an hour and a half, two hours from the coast. Anyway, so that's added. He's basically come. He has not had a minute to himself no. since he shot those Chinese boys, right? no. no. No, no, British boys with the Chinese bullets. With the Chinese bullets, yeah, yeah. He's had a full day, mm-hmm. right? And now he's he looks great, to be fair, but he's at a party having people beaten up. It's like, he. this seems like a bad place to work. He's probably on speed, though, Dan. Probably. He might be, but on mm. the other hand, like, which explains how he can do it, but it feels like he shouldn't have to. Mm, yeah. But he doesn't have to get involved with Bond because Bond easily overpowers all these fellas, including the good bit where one of them's on the walkie-talkie going, here, Stamper! Here, Stamper! And Bond knocks him out with an ashtray. Yeah. I like nice. that. And he also tests it in his hand before he hits him, which is a good touch. Yeah. So then he escapes. <coughs> oh, no, before he escapes, sorry, Carver's doing a speech to the world. Oh, God. This and, is the most annoying bit as well. And Bond says, time for a station break. Right. Now then. Mm. First of all, British people don't say that. They do not. Right, and the thing is, when he turns off all the power, first of all, he finds the fuse boxes, and it is literally like just—it's like being under the stairs in your house. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyone's house. I'm—I yeah. don't know. Under your stairs in your house, like, mm. this is—you can't turn off an international <laughs> broadcast because you found the button that says upstairs lights. No, right, no, no, no. Right, and and then when he does turn it off, the, it doesn't turn it off straight away like it would. No. It makes it go trippy and weird. It goes psychedelic and wibbly wobbly. Yeah, it goes psychedelic. Like he's gonna put Teletubby's arsehole. Yeah, it looks like a Teletubby's arsehole. Lauren, yeah. how again, how is this is this a film made by people in the media and broadcast business who don't know that's not what happens when you turn off a fucking telly? No. But you've also got the great bit where that woman's going, you know, laddies, mine here. She's talking German and English. And then Carver goes up to him and goes, What do you mean you don't know? You're fired. Get out of my sight. Yeah. He's very upset. I'm just saying he's a terrible employer. Oh, yeah, awful. Um, And then, meanwhile, Bond goes back to his hotel room. Oh, this annoys me as well. And he's sat there with... He's sat there with pure vodka. (laughs) Yep. And And he's halfway through it. If we assume that he didn't bring that with him and that was full when he got there, he's drunk half a bottle of vodka. I don't know how people drink vodka clean. It's horrible. Yeah. I, I, it has to be a mixer, doesn't it? I, I think so. Hmm. But but he's bond. He's been a knob, and he, but he hmm. sat there. He's drunk half a bottle of wine, right? Uh, half vodka, of vodka. That's me. That's me. That's you. I keep mixing you two up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and um, he's um, 
So he's sitting in Paris's hotel in his hotel room. But she, oh, she but she comes in, right? She comes in and he says, "I I was curious who Carver would send." Oh, that's right, that's right. Hmm. So the thing is, so basically, you don't know she's the one going to come. In all likelihood, he's because considering you've also just beat up all his blocks, hmm. he knows you're a spy. Yeah. So he's probably not going to send his wife. He's probably going to send a SWAT team on you. You thought the best idea is to sit there and get a bit pissed. He's going to send Dan the Daggerman from Dagenham. <laughs> yeah, because also... It's, it's before, so unprofessional. Oh, yeah. But also before this, Carver asks her if she knows who Bond is. And she says, oh, you know, he was just a friend. And he says, you're a terrible liar, my dear. But then while Bond is uh, having it off with Paris, they start snogging. Um... Gupta shows Carver the CCTV where she says, tell me, James, do you still sleep with a gun under your pillow? Yeah. And then Carver turns to Gupta and says, I think we should set an appointment for my wife with the doctor. So the next day, uh, Paris leaves Bond and Bond gets up and uh, she says to him, look, I'm going to tell you one thing and I don't care what happens because I love you. You can get into his building via the roof. And he's like, you don't have to tell me this, Paris. That's fine. It's just you go in the roof. It's all right. Until she leaves. And then Bond goes to um, the news- newspaper factory. Oh. And then you get... He, he, I quite like the joke where he fights that guard and he pushes him over and he lands in the newspaper press and it goes red. Yeah. He says, they'll print anything these days. Right. But he pushes him through a ream of paper. Hmm. And then, but he doesn't push him into the thing. No. So I don't know where the blood's supposed to be coming from. Mm. No, no, I don't either, actually. But I mean, I guess he gets to do the gag, but yeah. Mm. It's a good gag. I, I remember He's laughing a- in the cinema. But you were drunk then. Probably, probably, yeah. So he goes in and then he goes up to Gupta's office. <laughs> and outside is a satellite, an actual satellite. I know. Yeah. Which I've always enjoyed. An actual satellite outside his office. And he says to one of his guards, you break it, you buy it. It's worth $50 million. But the thing is, the satellite's in there, but you, yeah. we see all four walls. There's not a big enough door to get it through. Absolutely it's like, no like, way. When you're like, you know what? We should have built this outside, boys. <laughs> also, it looks like it's made of papier-mâché. Well, yeah, but that's mm. the least of its work. It makes mm. it even more fragile, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's... Um, they do look quite fragile satellites, but it definitely it's going to be more fragile when you're trying to jam it through a fucking door. So he watches Gupta and his men leave, and then Bond goes in Gupta's office. And I'm thinking, watching this, this doesn't feel like Gupta's office. No. It's so clean. His office feels like it should have 15 ashtrays piled high with fags. Yeah. And spunk stains all over the wall. But then we get a bit of that, because Bond opens... <laughs> <don't> <laughs> he opens a safe, and just a bunch of cum comes out. Well, it pretty much does. It's full of jazz mags. I thought they were, but I couldn't tell if they were supposed to be like German gossip mags, but it had... No, they're definitely jazz mags. <laughs> How are you able to identify a jazz mag? I think German one of them is like mag. big booby ladies or something. Oh, is it? Okay, then that's fine. Pretty sure. But among all this, and, and, and like loads of heroin as well. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah, I think I, there's heroin and needles. Hmm. Oh, is it? Need- I mean, it could just be he's planning on making a cake later. That could just be flour. That's true. It could be. Because he's a unit. He's basically Harry Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Knowles would have been a great casting as Gupta. Yeah, problematic as well, but yeah. still. But he'd have been excellent. He'd be like, he'd have been, <laughs> just say the word and Alamo goes bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, apologies if anyone likes Harry Knowles. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Anymore. No one does. Um, <clears throat> Bernie's safe along along with the heroin and the jazz mags is uh, the GPS encoder, which Bond pinches and then gets in a bit of a shootout, meets Waylin, who for some fucking reason has decided to break in at the same time in this black suit, black leather suit. Yeah. Like she's Emma Peel. And then when they're escaping, Bond's being shot at by blokes with machine guns, but she's walking down the side. And waving. And waving on a line, purely, I mean, basically a sitting target for machine guns. So I don't understand how no one's seen her. But Bond manages to get out, get back into his businessman's car. He puts the GPS encoder in the glove box, like any professional businessman would. Drives back to his hotel, but when he gets there, Paris is dead. And more the, importantly... Well, before we get there, there's a news oh, yeah. there's a news thing on the, on the TV saying that a man and a woman were found dead in a hotel room. The woman is believed to be Paris Carver. The other man is yet to be identified. Oh, I, I forgot about this. Now, I thought this was quite a clever gag. Hmm. But actually, it's stupid as fuck. So it's say so when he gets in on the news, it's saying uh, she was found murdered, and he's like holding her and he's doing a weird noise, and um, and then he goes. Also, there was a man found next to it, and that's when he looks up. Hmm. But I thought that was live broadcast. But then we find out saying there that it's actually a VHS tip. Yeah. What kind of news anchor is working for this person who is doing speculative news reports? I bet Murdoch does it all the time, Dan. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, totally. I won't hear a word said against that man. No, absolutely. But yeah, as you as you say, a, a, a man takes the tape out of the VCSR and that's when we meet the wonderful Dr. Kaufman. Who is, I'm going to say on record, by far and away the best thing in this film. He is maybe my favourite character in all of Bond. Vincent Chevalier. Vincent Chevalier, who mm. was a wonderful actor who's now passed and oh. chef... Yep. Who is he's in this I timed it. He is in this film for three minutes is that and five all? seconds. Fuck me. And he it's all I remember, really. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, this might be one of his was it one of his last parts? Uh, he passed he, quite a long the, time ago, didn't he? Uh, maybe the mid um two thousands. I'm gonna look it up. Two thousand five, yeah. So, you, so you know, yeah, it's eight, only eight, eight years. years. Yeah. 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 He was in quite a lot of films in small parts where he stole them, like One Throw of the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, Ghost, Get Off of My Train. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Uh, Not you, Shrek. Yeah. But he had, the, he had such an incredible face. and But mm. it wasn't just that. He Like in this, what a fucking performance. I mean, fuck me. If you would, uh, This is probably where I would give props to Robert, Roger Spottiswood because I'd imagine he would be in control of this casting. Yeah. What a brilliant grasp from the left field yeah. is Vincent Chevalier to play Dr. Kaufman I mean what an incredible role for him uh, it, it's uh, just in case people don't know it mm. but he's a hitman mm. who is also a professor of forensic medicine yeah he's also because like, he's got that kind of German efficiency lilt to him where he says I am especially good at the celebrity overdose <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's especially he makes everyone look like a suicide, and then Bond, and then it goes, and then Bond says, "If you shoot me from there, it won't look like a suicide." And he says, "I could shoot you from Stuttgart and still create the proper effect." <laughs> I love. I've been looking forward to this because when 
we you were Go talking on. about this on the other one yeah on the I, and then I, I was listening to it in the car and you did the line from this yeah and we both said it at exactly the same time yeah. as i was listening to it yeah. and we both misquoted it the exact same way mm-hmm. we said it would make it look like suicide yeah that's not the line no. but we're close enough yeah but he also says that my, one of my favorite lines on this because it's a bit of an americanism leaking in but when he, basically what's happening is while Kaufman's talking to Bond, all of Stamper's men are trying to get into the BMW with sledgehammers and all sorts, but it's impenetrable. So Kaufman's sitting there boasting about his stuff, and then he goes, Ah, Stamper, you're yelling in my ear, yeah? That's my, I think my other favourite line is he sounds like a little kid. Ever, ever. Yeah. Ah, Stamper, <laughs> you're yelling in my ear, yeah? And then he says, brilliantly, This is so embarrassing. He goes, Oh, you must be joking. Yeah. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. He wants to know how to get into your car. And the, but the first thing he says, your vod, you must be joking. He goes, did you call the auto club? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. And then Bond says, oh, sorry, here you go. He gives him the phone and he says, press whatever button it is and send. Because we had to press send in those days, kids. To, ele- to electrocute people on to, phones. Well, to send a text. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a little button with an arrow on it. And so Kaufman presses that, and of course, the electrical spikes come out and electrocute him. And Bond manages to grab the gun. And this is another Pierce Brosnan thing, is he's quite good at the cold kills. Yeah, and this is where I get confused. Mm. Because sometimes you get the real hard-edge Connery Dalton quality to him. Mm. Like in this. Because he does, he kills this guy in cold blood. Yeah, and he does it in The World Is Not Enough with Electra as well. Literally, she says, you won't shoot me, and he shoots her right in the head. Yeah. yeah, great. Uh, yeah, I love it. But then, as we'll see in a scene in a minute, then there's a totally different side to him. Yep. Hi there, I'm Yasmin Akram. Join myself and my friend Philippa Dunn each week for our podcast, We Heart Worry, a show about cars and their engines. Obviously not. It's a show where we talk about our fears, our worries and our anxieties in a bid to help you with yours. And we just have a laugh as well. So join us. There's nothing to be scared of. I promise. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So yeah, Kaufman gets electrocuted. Bond picks up the gun, puts it to his head, and Ka- does Kaufman say anything? I can't remember. He goes, "I'm just a professional That's doing right. my job." Yeah. <laughs> so am I. He goes, "So am I." Yeah. And then he goes out. I'm, I'm surprised he shoots him. Actually. Yeah. I guess. Oh, I guess because he's killed Paris. Yeah. I, if it be anyone else, I think you were let it go. Yeah, fair, fair enough. You're doing a good job. Yeah. And you were very entertaining. And you were ve- really good. Really good. You're the best bloke I've met in this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then he goes into his car and he gets into the the, the the fun japes of the remote control car, which was filmed at the Brent Cross Shopping Centre, ladies and gentlemen, doubling as this multi-storey car park. In Hamburg. And it <clears> just, <throat> yeah. I, th- I thought it looked like Brent Cross. It was Brent Cross. And uh, there's all sorts of bits here where he jumps in. It's quite funny because he's got little comedy faces as he's watching this car do all sorts. That's why it drives me up the wall. Oh. He looks like he's having a whale of a time. Because you... there's a bit where he jumps in the back window and he's controlling it from the back seat. Mm. And he's grinning like a loon. Mm. He's just had, based on a, a woman he sort of loves, mm. is dead. Mm. And he's just shot a man in cold blood in what looked like, uh, you know, he looked, he looks intense when he kills Daniel Vincent. Craig, right, would go and have therapy before he goes on to his next mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but Pierce, and that's why no. I, don't, I don't quite get what Pierce's bond was. He's moved on like the audience want to. Oh, that's fair enough. That's mm. fair enough then. But we also but, get... But I think... But Connery mm. wouldn't have done. Like, Connery can let... But he was still entertaining, whereas this feels this feels like a heart... Like it, they don't quite know what the bond is, rather than... Yeah. I, I know what you mean, because... No, I, I think you're right. It's only his second film, isn't it? So they're finding their feet with the character of Pierce. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But I think that they... It, it, t- it took him longer than it took... And I'm not, I'm not sure he ever really got there. I'm not sure to this day after four films I know what his version no, of No, I think you're right. I think you're and right. I, and, and with all... You know, Connery says... Looks weary, checks a drag in a fag and says, Bond, James Bond. Mm. And you're like, I know who this guy is. Yeah. And Roger was just Roger from day one. Oh, Roger is just... Mm. I've got a magnet that undoes zips on women. Mm. And they're like, I know who this guy is. Yeah. Whereas I think Pierce is probably playing to both audiences in terms of Roger and Sean yeah and I think maybe the two can't fill the same space I think you're right and I think as you say I think what, what Pierce was upset with dying another day by the end of it is that he got fired basically hmm. quite unceremoniously and I think maybe part of his frustration was is that I never really I had lots of fun but I never really nailed it yeah yeah um, whereas I enjoy him but I agree with you it's like he's floating between both camps yeah. Whereas Timothy and Daniel came in with this plan of, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, and it feels also the bo- the uh, the actual films themselves with Brosnan are a lot more scattered. Oh, he got let down. Yeah. I think Daniel Craig got let down as well. I haven't um, seen the yeah, new one, but, but I think yeah, got, but there's yeah. a there's a there's at least kind of you can see there's a vision at work across all of them, and the the, the execution doesn't work for all of them, but there's mm. it's gone for a vibe. Yeah. Whereas. 
the Pierce Brosnan ones were like, I don't know, uh, invisible fucking car now. I think they, 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 I think his his time is a graph where it all goes slowly down in a, hmm. um, a, a, a slide essentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's in his car, and this is where David Arnold has the great idea because he's recently done a wonderful album. I don't know if you've heard it called Shaken Not Stirred. No. Where he got loads of different artists to do Bond songs. So you have um, David McCormont doing Diamonds Are Forever. You've got the wonderful... Um, oh, there's there's so many... Uh, Pulp do um, All Time High. It's a really good album. I strongly recommend it. But on one of the tracks, he worked with Propellerheads, who did Honor Majesty's Secret Service. And Propellerheads had done things like history repeating and so on. So he brought Propellerheads on for this song, for this film. And this particular scene with the car is a track a cue called Backseat Driver, which is David Arnold, an orchestra, and propeller heads. And you've got that really kind of 90s ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding-ding bassline thing going on. And it works really well. Um, and I remember at the time thinking, this is great, because I was a really big fan of the Shaken Not Stirred album. Um, but I like that. He basically, he gets through all the henchmen with all sorts of things like, how the fuck... I want a scene with Q where he says to him, well, there's a bit on the car where the BMW emblem comes up with some, yeah. with some cutting teeth to cut trip wires, particularly metal ones. There's, uh, the, the, my big thing in this scene is that one of the henchmen has brought a rocket launcher on the off chance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, right, basically, here's the plan. We are just going to go over to this Brooks Hotel and we are going to... Um, we're just going to smash into his car and just get the thing. Easy job. And then somebody's gone, <clears throat> real, real quick question. Should I bring the rocket launcher? No. Oh, fucking hell, Glenn. Why do you always have to ask that? And then and then at the end of the scene, obviously, there's, everyone else is dead. And there's Glenn with his rocket launcher singing, this is my fucking moment. Mm. This is my moment. <laughs> but he gets away and he drives the car out of the car park into a branch of Avis. <laughs> where Q is disguised at the beginning, presumably killing five people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's a Sunday. But he gets, yeah, yeah, he gets away, and then we get a great bit because we get one of my favourite things in Bond films is that Brosnan turns up on an aircraft carrier in Okinawa dressed in his his naval uniform, which I always appreciate. Yeah, Roger did it, Sean did it, Pierce did it, no one else has done it. It's a good look. It is a good look. It's a good thing he packed it. Mm. How is he going to know he needs that? But he goes to see Jack Wade, Joe Don Baker from Goldeneye, and who was a bad in the Living Dead House. We won't talk about that. And um, they, they, he brings them the encoder, and the CIA guys plug it in, and it shows that it is skew if. <laughs> You're getting a bit technical now. Sorry. Yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit skew if. Uh, it's it's pointing towards uh, it's basically off kilter, and it's ex- it explains how that boat managed to get into Chinese military waters because it's confused because it's basically it build it shows a circle that is not overlapping the actual circle of of where they thought they were. Yeah, it's it's basically been set off course. Yeah, like and then and then I think Bond says. Uh, a bit like a magnet next to a compass, and mm. the, the and the guy goes exactly mm. as opposed to what he should have said, which is like fucking no, nothing no, like that, nothing like that. And then Bond says, "Well, I I 
well, I'm going to need to go down to that boat and retrieve the missiles. So he says to Jack Wade, I need your help. And they go up, and then we meet up. Maybe. Oh, wait a minute. You're cut out there. Did I? Am I back now? Yeah. You're back now, oh, yeah. Oh, good. And then Bond goes up in a ship, and he meets a pwn from Aliens. That was him. Mm. Good, 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 good. Mm. And he's going to do a halo jump, which at the time was brand new. Every can't stand them now. There was, uh, they, they, I think they did on Green Jill. <laughs> yes, that's how Danny Kendall died. Uh, even the last Mission Impossible had a halo jump, which Tom Cruise really did. Yeah, and also, I watched that the other day, actually, mm. and it's like, oh, you, just, you can tell when it's real. It's just, no, you can't, not then. It, oh. If that was blue screen, it, looks, it would look exactly the same. Why did they do that, Dan? Why did they have a real halo jump and then cover it in CG? I know, because when it pans around, it's all clearly CGI clouds and stuff like that. But he's really halo jumping, and they decided to cover it in CG. Yeah, yeah. It's mental. Yeah. Anyway, so he halo jumps down into the water. Um <clears throat> And then he is diving around in the boat, and he, uh, inside the boat he bumps into Waylon again. Yeah, and I, th- I, I think this is where I it gets really David Arnley because he basically whips out his old Stargate score. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, but it's like I, I every time there's and he does it in a lot of his songs. There moment, it's like oh Stargate. Mm. But I'm not complaining. It's but, his stuff. But the missile's been already gone. Yeah. So he's already been taken. So him and Waylin decide to go up to the surface. And when they go up, she says, oh, I've got my boat over there. Not for long. All her people get killed and Stampers on board. So then they get taken in a helicopter to Carver's HQ in China. Yeah. Oh, is it China or is it Saigon? Saigon. Yes, you're right. Yeah, they're in Vietnam. <clears throat> and then he's flying to the plane, and that's when he makes the joke about it being an uh, edifice complex. Oh, is that what he said? Yeah. I did not get that gag at all. Because it's Carver's face on the front of the building. Yeah, mm. okay. That's, that's, that's a solid... Uh, it's not bad, is it? It's fight for yeah. this film. Bloody grip. <laughs> and then they go and meet Carver, and Carver says, you know, uh, he shows them the headline of The Empire Strikes Back, which is mm. fun. Yeah, yeah, and on the way in, they meet the um, Chinese Colonel, who Waylin. Gen- oh, General Chang. General Chang, who Waylin recognises. So there's something afoot in terms of what Carver's doing with China. And by the way, this is I'm I'm not jumping ahead, but it's stupid because what Carver's doing is he wants to start a world war, so he can show telly in China. Yeah, yeah. Um, Does that sing? like something you do well does he want to start well he but he wants to start the and I, correct me if i'm wrong yeah. does he want to start the beginning of of world war three but then general chang will go oh sorry lads calm down oh maybe i always assumed then, that um because obviously britain will retaliate against china for doing nothing and then china will retaliate against britain and then everyone will pile in and I, I think the plan, again, I'd seen this one quite a lot. It wasn't mm. until I watched it the other day when I was going, I, I was generally going, what is the plan here? Mm. That, so that I think it's, they start World War Three. Yeah. They also assassinate all the upper echelons of the Chinese political and media uh, and military. Mm. General Chang takes over. Mm. 
And with some, I guess, intelligence that Elliot Carver gives him, he takes over as the Chinese premier. Okay. And then, uh, and then he stops World War Three. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. And then he lets Carver show the Simpsons in China for hundred years. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, that makes more it, sense. It seems a bit much, as mm. opposed to what you could just do is bribe the lad. Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? Uh, or bribe the government. Yeah. But mind you, Google can't get in there, so what chance has Carver got? Um, oh, that's true. Hmm. But I, I feel like Google famously try not to be evil. Hmm. Yeah. Whereas, you know, this guy doesn't give a... F- he's literally... this is He doesn't give a shit. You'll start World War III. He'll, hmm. he'll do whatever. Yeah. it's It seems like the wrong course of action. Oh, definitely. He's... It's a shit plan at the end of the day. Mm. It's up there with Lex Luthor's plan in Superman Returns to make Krypton on Earth to sell as real estate. Oh, yeah. And it's all sharp and made of crystals. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, Bond um, talks to Elliot for a little bit about how he's a dick. And then Elliot says, well, I'll leave you in the hands of Mr. Stamper, whose, um, whose mentor was Dr. Kaufman. And Stamper brings out all these torture devices. Says, I'm going to stick these in your ghoulies. I know, but it doesn't... I know they're supposed to be torture devices, but they're just knives and stuff. It's not, not like knives. Oh, oh, they're what? just weird no, they're, bendy things. Yeah, honestly, he looks like he's just been down, like, like the garden centre. Yeah. It's just trowels and stuff. Hmm. What are you going to make us do? Fucking do an allotment, because I will tell you what you want to know, because that sounds really boring. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's shit. But luckily, um, Bond manages to get the better of him, throws one of these trowels into his thigh. Yeah. And then him and Wei because they're handcuffed together. Well, you know what the thing that starts their escape process mm. is? He kicks a table leg out. That's right, yeah. You can't kick a table leg out. No. No, you can't. And he picks, so he kicks the table leg out, table falls down, he picks up Wei Ling, she smashes a block in the face. All this has to go perfectly, otherwise they're just going to get shot. Yeah. But they jump out and they grab a line each on the front picture of Elliot Carver on the building. Yeah, this is quite cool. I like it. Yeah, they slide down. They get down to the ground and they get on a BMW motorbike, which, of mm. course, everyone loves a BMW motorbike. And because they're handcuffed together, I quite like this, that one has to go in the front, one has to go behind. And they kind of yeah, take... Yeah. And they each this have a... a solid action scene. Yeah, they have a handlebar each. side, One side of yeah. the handlebar each, and it's quite fun. And they're being chased by a helicopter. And there's a bit where they... I love this bit. It's so kind of a throwback to the 80s where they jump. Their motorbike goes through a bedroom where there's a woman <laughs> and a man in bed together. And they both look up at the fact that they no longer have a ceiling. And then both kind of go, nah. Yeah. Let's carry on having sex. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Hmm. But then they get to the street, and then the helicopter chases them, and then we get the famous bit with something that a helicopter cannot do, which is it's down at a diagonal angle, sort of floating towards both of them. And they throw a washing line up into the workings of the blades, which makes it yeah. explode. Yeah, because that would definitely happen. What? Hmm. What? Also, I love minutes like that where the, where the heroes find, like, 
uh, in this case, that that hook with the chain on it. Mm. Like they don't know where the other end of that is. No, it could be on a small boy doing it his homework. A, I mean, my, it, I, mean I, I don't think they chain up kids doing their homework, but it could be on a fucking dog. I'll tell you that. They could, they get, all of a sudden, send a poodle. They just send a poodle, and I'm like, you know what? I'm reckoning the poodle's going to get off worse than this, and the chopper is. Yeah. They just they haven't checked. No, they haven't. They've have not. It done could the be on a whole line of people in a sweatshop. <laughs> they all get they're all making nike trainers and the next minute they get sent into the blades of a helicopter yeah i mean i guess still the message of the film is still the real villain is capitalism absolutely still, it's a little too overt that's what i'm saying <laughs> but after the helicopter explodes bon and waylin uh they go and have a shower together I love it. Mm. Is it because it? I know it's supposed to be just some sort of like public shower in the street, mm. but it does just like run off water from the roof. It's like I wouldn't rinse in it. It looks a bit nine and a half weeksy. Yeah, there could be a Japanese fella like three stories up going, oh, oh, oh that one what? ton soup's gone right through me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mixing up my um, Oriental people there. I'm very sorry. I'm as bad as Sean Connery. He could just be on holiday there. Mm. Could be a British bloke going, oh, that pint of tiger has gone right through me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, I, w- I wouldn't like to rinse myself in this. <laughs> nice. Oh, you you two down there, sorry, that's I'm pissing on you. Mm. Well, you are pissed, Brosnan. <laughs> um, da, 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 no, and then Bond, um, she, she unlocks the handcuffs and then chains Bond to a pipe and then runs off. Right, yeah. And then she runs back to her base, which is full of General Chang's men. And this is where we have Michelle Yu do it, showing off what she can do, which is great. Because I, I remember her from, I think it was Police Story 3, I think, yeah. uh, where her and Jackie Chan are teamed up together. Oh, she's amazing. She's, she's amazing. So many great stuff. Mm. And she gets to do a bit of her stuff here, which is great. And then Bond shows up. It's not up. much, though, is it? Because it's a no. two-hour film, and she's in it quite a lot. Mm. This is really the only action scene she gets, other than a little bit during the escape from Carver's Saigon base. Well, it is weird, because you consider that she is an attractive lady, but she's more of, at this point, she's more famous for her martial arts skills. Yeah. So it's a bit weird that she's only given really one scene. Yeah. And they're sort of riding on the fact that she's a woman, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. It's, she's got, she's so much, she's basically got the usual thankless role of a Bond girl. Yeah. But but she is not that. No. So it, she's it capable not. of so much more. And it's a bit weird when, <clears throat> when at the end, when we get there, when she becomes completely immobile via Bond girl uselessness. Yeah. When she could totally get out of any situation, really. But yeah. Bond comes in when she's beating everybody up, and then they say, well, we should. It's definitely Carver. We should talk to both our governments. And Bond says, I'll do the typing. And she brings up this keyboard and it's all in Chinese. Now, and he goes, I, this always annoyed me. Why? Oh, why? Go on. Because, and I thought I was being clever by knowing this, and then I read your book. I was like, mm. oh, John knows as well. Right, mm. fine. Mm. Is that he, he does a little gag and I'll tell you what, you do the typing mm. because it's all uh, in uh, Oriental uh, typesetting on yeah. the keyboard. Uh-huh. But he has a degree in Oriental languages. He does, and you only live twice. He says, I have a first in Oriental languages. So someone's not watched or read the earlier films or books, have they? Yeah. Yeah. But then he turns into Frankie Howard. (laughs) While she's typing, he leans on this dragon and it breathes fire and he goes, oh, very novel. (laughs) 
Oh, no, oh, don't. No, don't. Don't, you can't help it. <laughs> uh, so they warn both their governments, and then they decide there's only a couple of places. They figure out pretty quickly that it's a stealth boat because of the materials that General Chang's been stealing. They say it could be a plane, and he's like, no, they need to get in really close. It must be a stealth boat. Yeah, there's a lot of very much sort of like checking the watching going, mm. 24 minutes from the end, plus yeah. credits. Yeah. It's it's like, right, we're going to have to get through this quick now. All right, it was definitely a stealth boat. We'll mm-hmm. just chuck that information. All and, right, okay. And there's only three bays they could be in. There's only three bays in the whole of Vietnam, right? Don't Google it. Mm-hmm. Fact. Fact. Right? And then two of them, I forget what he said, two of them got, uh, they got a really tits. big uh, lot of tits, is what it is. <laughs> so you can't, because you can't get in there. This time of year, there's tits in the way. Yeah. So there's only one titless bay in Vietnam right now, and it's just the right shape and size for a stealth boat. Yep. And luckily they go over there and wallop. Yep. And they find that, and they go into this bay, and then they come across the stealth boat. And they're lo- them, luckily, she's in the Chinese Secret Service, so she's got pretty much all the same gadgets and gear that he's got but they're slightly different so he's got a, an advanced version of the Walther PPK right. presumably I've always wondered presumably they sell these handguns in America I'm guessing as a, in terms of an advert because to us if you said oh, wow I've got a new Walther PPK we'd be like so but in America you'd probably be like well I'll get one of them yeah here you're oh nice yeah but mm. I know, wait a if I, I'm going to look at... I wonder how much they go for. I have no idea how much... I don't know no. how much guns are. I have no idea, but I'm, that's what I've always thought, because every time they say, here's your updated Walther PPK, I'm thinking, as a British person, oh, whatever. It's like, I don't know, you know, it's like giving him a new dustpan and brush. Huh? They, uh, but in I America... Fa- go on. Yeah, they are about... Uh, you can pick them up for about 1,300 quid. But this one... Hmm. It's, oh, it's an antique, though. I don't know if that makes it worth more or less. God, that's depressing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. How much yeah, is it? Similar. So it's uh, 1,300 quid, the one that's using this film. Yeah, 1,300 quid is a 1933, but it looks the same. They haven't really changed it. As, I mean, it's still just a cock of a thing that shoots bullets out of it, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like this one's got USB on it. No. But I did notice that in the mid-90s, the Walther PPK looks a bit like a Glock. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do me a favour and say Glock again? Glock. Oh, there's a lot of that. God. Yeah. You really read it. It's a, it's a fun word. I'm trying to be a gangster, Dan. <laughs> what are the gun names? I, I don't know. That's the weird thing. Is mm. I probably know more gun names and brands from my upbringing than I do bands. Also, I know they have to fire them sideways. No, you, and, you, and you, obviously you know you can't in real life. No, that's right. Yeah. Unless you're in that film with James McAvoy that no one saw where you can bend bullets. Wanted. Yeah. I saw it three times. What? You say this a lot. You know what? Dan and I do another podcast. We watch films. And most of the time, Dan says things, incredulous things like, I saw this four times. Yeah. Is this like a rebellion to your mother? What, watching bullet bending movies? (laughs) Yeah, four times. Because you weren't allowed to watch films as a kid. I was allowed to watch films. I just wasn't allowed to. Are you the cable guy? She would let me watch the most horrendous films. She couldn't give a shit. Right. Hmm. Genuinely, hmm. I so I, I remember saying, well, uh, "I'll tell you what, it's about time you watch Clockwork Orange." I was like, and I was nine, hmm. right? Right. But I remember about a year later, she gave my sister a row because she caught her watching Neighbours. Bloody hell! Because she had, because she thought that was trash that would rot your brain. Whereas, uh, you know, Anthony Burgess things, well, hmm. you know, it's, it expands your mind. It does because he uses a weird language. 
Well, yeah. Which is a bit Welsh. Yeah, people forget that. They actually, he calls they're all the, just talking Welsh. Instead of saying, I'll have an apple, he says, I'll have a higgity piggity greeny. <laughs> which is basically Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, yeah. the Welsh word for apple is aval, which is practically the same word without... There you go. So, we haven't got higgity piggity. Higgity piggity green. Come to the think of it, actually, sometimes when you see uh, Welsh translated from yeah. English, uh, English is just like, just hello, and then in Welsh it's like 23 letters. It's ridiculous. Not And not one vowel. It's no wonder our government wants to cut you off. <laughs> I believe, is that is that what you're hearing in England? Because it's the other way around by here. Oh, is it? Well, I've been yeah. hearing this in England for about 33 years. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. In, that, uh, in that case... Hmm. After 33 years, I would like to say here and now, the Welsh are up for it. Good. Because <laughs> I'm going to move to Wales and I'll be happy. With all my people. <laughs> That's right. You'll yeah. you be very welcome here. I'm an honorary Welshman. I've been doing a podcast with two of them for nearly a year. I know. I know it's insane. I could get a passport for that. We've turned you Welsher than you've turned us English. I'll definitely, tell you that. Definitely. I can never turn you English. Uh, so they, they find the stealth boat. And then after a bit, they're laying mines on there, but Wailing gets caught. I don't mean they're having a shit. I don't, I don't know why. <laughs> it's a good thing we found this stealth boat. I'm fucking busting. I've got, I've got a, I'm prairie dogging, James. Um, yeah, they, Wailing gets caught because he's a stupid woman, Dan, not a karate woman. Oh, I know. It's, oh, God. And then. Bond, he gets shot at, but he, hold, he kills a guy and then holds the corpse out. They shoot that corpse and he drops it into the water and, oh. and, and Stamper's like, he's dead. So they go Can and see Carver. No, no, no. God, they just don't get this about Bond in, in this and maybe a couple of films. There's nothing clever about this Bond. No. It's just like, I'll hold up a corpse and hope for the best. Mm-hmm. It works it, though, doesn't it? It does work, but that's because it has to work in the in this film. But there's no there's no genius to Bond in, in this. No, he's very just normal nineties action guy. Oh yeah, yeah. So Waylon's brought before Carver, and Bond's kind of sneaks into the boat, and he's hiding in the rafters, and he's got his his watch that he got from Waylon, which is the exact same watch he uses, but in Chinese, and it's got a, a detonator in the um the bit where you wind it. She she says the gag oh we've made some um, we've made some upgrades and he says really but is that is that the upgrade is that it explodes now yeah I thought it always exploded I think the one he had made dresses fall off <laughs> <laughs> imagine if he gets there and goes right I'll just turn this knob to turn the detonator on then Waylon's clothes fall off it's yeah it's right, okay it's got, okay, the British version is just women's clothes fall off also you know Leslie Nielsen's fart gadget yeah it's that. I tell you what, though, if Carver was true to type and her clothes fall off, he'd have to stop and go, <laughs> and that would give him ample distraction to get in there. But no, he puts a detonator onto, he puts it into a small bottle, yeah, with is it with a grenade. He puts it into a mason's jar that's just yeah. lying around this military with a grenade room. without a pin, which of course he learned from the guy at the beginning. He was masturbating with one. Yeah. So there's that's actually <laughs> Chekhov's grenade. <laughs> Chekhov's wank grenade. <laughs> and uh, he he goes and gets Gupta. And he brings Gupta before Carver with a gun to his head and says, let Waylon go or I'll kill Gupta. And then Carver says, is everything ready? And Gupta says, all you have to do is press the button. So Carver shoots Gupta. 
So Bond's got nothing. Yeah. But then he detonates his grenade, which blows, which happily is next to loads of loads of tanks full of petrol and blows a massive hole in the ship. But of course, the other ships that have been warned about Carver's stealth boat can't find it because it's a stealth boat. Because Bond's blown a hole in it, they're all like, oh, it's showing up on our radar. And then they get that patronizing, awful message from the Chinese, which says, this is your this is your thing, happy hunting. Yeah. Which has always annoyed me as a line. We've Have we missed a little bit where where Carver does the kung fu fight? No, no, no. Sorry, we have. Um, okay, Waylon's brought before Carver because somehow there was as bad as he's been all the way through. This might be his worst moment. It's the worst thing in cinema history. <laughs> he's she's brought before Carver, and he and she tries to get away from a guard, so he mocks her by doing pretend Bruce Lee like a drunk Welsh bloke we do in a pub in the eighties. He goes, hoo-ha, hoo-ha-ha-ha-hoo-ha, and does a kick and then goes, pathetic. Yeah. What What you just did, yeah. He turns into Brent for a second. He he's totally does. Pathetic. Spot on. He's David Brent. As a, he's the David Brent of Bond villains. Uh, so then Bond blows a hole. All the, the Chinese turn happy hunting. They start firing on Carver's boat, and then Waylon goes to the engine room to kill the boat's engine. So it stops, so they can fire on it. And then Bond has a confrontation with Elliot Carver in a room, which is so saggy and disinteresting because Carver has no threat whatsoever. And he's, as he, I think we might have missed a moment where Carver says, his, God, this is just a smorgasbord of terrible moments for him. Mm. And he's got the line, would you please kill those bastards? Yes. Would you and, kill? Please kill those bastards! And but he, but you just said it better than he does it. Mm. He says, "Would you please?" Go? It's it's pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. And Bond kills him with his own drill. <laughs> and he says, "I've which, got some which, breaking uh, news for you, Elliot." And drives he, a drill through him. And he, and this is a trope of a lot of films that annoys me. First of all, the drill comes in through the window, mm-hmm. right? Shouldn't be able to do that. How is the carriage that it's moving along able to make it into the office? That's right? true. That seems yeah. like a health and safety yeah. nightmare. Yeah. Also, Bond controls it by pushing a single button yeah. on a control panel that has 200 buttons on it. Yeah. And he, he happens to look at it quick and go, oh, that's the one that says kill kill Carver. Hmm. Right? And it... And also, but it, when you do that, it doesn't. You don't just push a button. You know, I'm just. I'm making it too real. I'm you, just saying the whole thing is, is is a design flaw. Yeah, you need a remote control of some sort. Yeah, you need up mm. and down all sorts. Mm. Not a button that goes kill the blonde. Yeah, not blonde, grey haired. The grey haired. Yeah. Oh God, with his rimless glasses as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he Jesus. looks like he looks like a history teacher who tries to fuck all the first years. Mm. Oh yeah. Definitely big energy. In, for that. I just want to be clear: in university, and I'm yeah. in yeah, secondary yeah. school. Mm. No, 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 university. But he gets drilled to death, which is dreadful. And then Bond goes out, uh, and he has plenty of time to escape. Easily, he just stands there for a minute, going, "Ah, ah! yeah, oh, twat." Um, and then Bond goes out to find Waylin, but she's been caught again by Stamper, Herr Stamper, and she's caught up in some chains. She can definitely beat the shit out of this. Easily. Hamburg pill-dealing prick. Mm. Yeah. 
But she gets dropped under the water and Bond's given an ultimatum about how, you know, you must... Because the rocket's going to sail. This is what I don't understand, is even after they're discovered by both navies, the Chinese and the English, Carver's like, still fire the missile. Why? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Your plan's failed. And it's not like it's a suicide mission. He's like, ah, fuck it. I'm, if, if, everyone, if we're all going to go, fuck it. Hmm. He genuinely still thinks his plan will work. Yeah. It's stupid, Elliot. Will you fire the missile? They'll know it's you. They won't think it won't start a war. The headline next day will be our dickhead owner yeah, yeah, yeah. fired a missile into China. <laughs> <laughs> Which weirdly was a headline in uh, Just for Men. Freddie Star blew up China. I remember it well. <laughs> uh, so he's dead, and you know Stamper's gonna will still fire the missile, and then Bond remembers the detonators he has. And he puts them on the rocket and then locks the rocket onto Stamper's legs and then jumps in the water just as the rocket detonates, blows up Stamper and the stealth ship. And Bond goes down and gets Waylon and kisses her to give her oxygen. Yeah. I don't know why he fingers her. Well, that's completely unnecessary. Yeah. Probably to check she's alive. Yeah, is that a pulse? Yep. Yeah, but it might be mine. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, so they're they're fine, and then they come up to the surface, and then there's a big warship saying, "I quite like this." It's a throwback to old Bond. You're like Commander Bond, yeah. Waylon, where are you? And he's like, "We're going to stay undercover." And they snog. It's very Connery that. Yeah, it, it's and, and and more as well. That's felt you the. Oh, well, in fact, it's, it's a specific Connery ending, isn't it? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it's uh, it Goldfinger. Yeah, with the parachute. And the thing, this whole film does feel like it's an attempt to do a 90s version. And it, it actually, Spectre did this as well. It feels yeah. like it's trying to do the 90s version of an older, specifically Connery Bond. And Spectre mm. was the uh, way to do a 21st century 60s Bond, mm. which both of which fail, interestingly. Very much so, yeah. But at least this has got some, this has got some spunk in it, pardon the expression. Yeah. Whereas I think The World Is Not Enough is very bland, the one that follows this. And Die Another Day is mental. So yeah, when I Die Another Day, I don't mind at all. I no, never I don't. Did because it's it's it's, and we talk about films like this quite a lot on a Tuesday night. Is mm. I'm just glad a film this bananas exists. Mm. Same. Um, and the thing I I have only seen uh, God, I can't remember it. The world is not enough. I saw mm. it when I saw it when it came out, and I didn't like it. And I saw it again ten years ago. Uh, which I know is very specific because I bought the box the, the day my first kid was born. I bought the box set. I thought I'll get up and do the feeds at seven o'clock in the morning and I'll watch a Bond film. And I did for like well twenty days. Hmm. Uh, and then I haven't seen the kids since. But um, <laughs> I have. Um, but so that's the last time I watched it. And I watched it again so ten years ago. So I've seen that twice. And I was like, I don't hate this film. It seems fine to me. Whereas Tomorrow Never Dies has got worse and worse. Yeah, it's weird how specific. I mean. When I was doing feeds with my first child, which was 10 years ago, ITV were doing a Bond season, as they often do. Mm. And I remember them showing one, I think I had a lot on the Skybox or something. And I associate a lot of Bond films now with setting up with a baby. Yeah, I do. It's I do, weird. Yeah. It's weird. And Because they're quite engaging for kids who are like newborn, because mm. quite, they're quite movie and flashy. My son's first words were, good look at the size of the pair on her. <laughs> Disgusting. I said to him. (laughs) 
Uh, oh. So there we go. There's, there's um, tomorrow never dies. Yeah, I, I, this is more fun than uh, the movie. Yeah, for me, I think this is a this this movie sort of a, a bit of a warning as to the next film that's going to come, which is more boring. And the, the 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 reaction to that film is to make one that's really weird, but mad, which people hate. I don't. My I always say my least favorite Bond film, which we're going to get to in a minute. I might ask you the questions again. My least favorite person is Spectre because it's just so unimaginative and dull. Whereas at least Die Another Day is a swing and a miss, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It, mm. It's I appreciate what he was going for, mm. um, but I think I maybe I'm being overconfident. I think I would have seen the rushes on Elliot Carver that first week and go. We need to rethink. We this. need this to a, recast this that problem. Trust because that is the biggest problem. He is the biggest problem in the film. Absolutely. To me, he's the the, the reason I can't watch the special edition version of Return of the Jedi is because Vader says no when he throws the Emperor down the hole. Yeah. And the reason I can't watch Tomorrow Never Dies as much as I can with other <laughs> Bonds is I despise the villain. Yeah. But I don't despise the actor. I have to make that very clear. I love. Yeah. Ron. No. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but he did a turn in Game of Thrones where he was a very formidable villain. But in this, he's just so miscast. Yeah, I, I genuinely think about it. Barry Humphreys. I'd be up for that. But who then again... You, who I, would you have had then? Well, I think Anthony did. Hopkins would have been very good. But I think he would have played it similarly. He'd have played think, it a fucking mental, though. I, I would hope, but he never really played anything like fully mental. If he had played it completely Hannibal Lecter, mm. that would have been... A weird vibe for the rest of the film. Whereas mm. I think if you get a comic to do it and you let the fact that this guy is a brat, he's a brat in a lot of ways. Yeah. Play it that way, um, and get get a you. Gen, I think he would have been my favorite one. As soon as I thought Barry Humphries, I was like, I, I I'm sad this doesn't exist now. Yeah, I mean, you could have really revert, you know, could have inverted the type and gone for someone like Ian McKellen. That would have been fun. Hmm. You need someone with gravitas. I mean, Price is a... I think Price is a good supporting actor. I don't think he's got the chops for a villain. Proper villain. Um, I mean, he played the Pope. Um, <laughs> That's true. But who was he in, against? In a similar way. <laughs> ah, yeah, okay. Mm. Who was the other Pope, was it? Hopkins. It was Hopkins, wasn't it? There you go, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, Brando... Even oh my god, Fat Brando! Brando. I mean, awesome! Oh my god, I don't know, mind. They would be still filming that now. <laughs> <laughs> the mood he was in back then. I can't do. I'm gonna say the one line. I'm gonna say, you know what? I fucked up a beef baron. Okay, that's not really the line. Well, it's all I know. Oh, I kind of want to see this now. Fuck me. He'd have done it. Now. He'd have done it as um, Orson Welles. Oh, the French. There's no truth <laughs> in the rumor. That I is he supposed to say anything? Cut. <laughs> Bring back walking. He would have been fine. Hey, you know who would have been perfect for this. It's just blow my mind that I thought of it. Yeah, Gene Hackman. Gene, yes, doing fuck, the Lex Luthor fun. Fuck yes. me. How good would that have been? He and he would have been able to sell even the shit your dialogue as well. Amazingly, yeah, he'd have, yeah. Been, he'd have been a real shit as well. Because I think. Like that line, the the one you hear about the mm. beef baron thing. Mm. Jonathan Price is playing it straight, whereas mm-hmm. if Hackman's telling the story, mm. he would he would have told it like people love it when I tell this fucking story. So this yeah. is me telling it for the eight hundredth time. 
Uh, oh yeah, or Hack. Yeah, you know what? I changed my Hackman's my number one choice. Hackman's so. the best choice. Or <laughs> go the complete other direction where it's fucking mental. Richard E. Grant. I don't know why I thought you were about to say Macaulay Culkin. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Richard E. You know, because we, I think we talked about doing Hudson Hawk at some point. Yes. That, I think the Hudson Hawk Richard E. Grant would be interesting. It would be interesting. A, a variant. But my number one choice is still Gene Hackman. There. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that'd be amazing. So, should we do the Bond questions again? Go on. I'll see how I feel about things. All right. So, Dan, what's... have you ever answered them yourself? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Dan, what's your favourite Bond film? Uh, uh, oh, let's say Doctor No. Okay. What's your worst? I I think it might be this. Really? I I I I have to go through again because I can't imagine Thunderball is this annoying. Thunderbolt's great until the last half an hour. It's a great film. Okay, I'm mean, gonna I have to give it another because the last time I saw it was again ten years ago. I was it's, bored, it's, pissless. Problem is, is that your brain remembers the last forty, the last half an hour of underwater stuff, but until then, it's brilliant. All right, I'm gonna give it another go. Mm. I, 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 I would ask anybody to be as cool as Connery is when he gets, he's hiding in that room and the bloke's poking his head in and he pulls his head through the window and then knocks him out with the phone, and then just saunters off like nothing's happened. Awesome. I'm going to have to do it again. Right, I'm on it. Uh, can you give me your best made-up Bond film title? <laughs> oh, fuck, I haven't prepared this this time. You haven't, you haven't. All right, let's see. We forgot uh, about this, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, you know, mm. guts and guns and blood and love and kissing. I love that. Guts and guns and blood and love and kissing. Uh, Bond is Which is a Japanese name for one, I assume. It must be. Or Hungarian. Bond is full of... Or Ghanaian. They have their posters. Yeah. Oh, they're great. They are great. Bond is full of silly lady names such as Holly Goodhead, Plenty of Tool, and Penelope Smallbone. Can you give me your best Bond, ba- Bond lady name? Uh, breasts, Spot is Wood. Better than Roger. Yeah. Uh, and finally, who would you have as James Bond next? Have you changed your mind at all about you and Griffith? No, last time I said me, and I'm still all over that. I'm still, I'd have you as James Bond because you've, in lockdown, you've turned into a silver fox. I have. I'm looking at myself in a mirror now. I look knackered, mm. but that's fine. Mm. Um, all right, who would we have? I, I, I don't like any of the. Um, I don't know who I'd have. I, I've, the people they're talking about now, I'm not keen on any of them. They're I, too pretty and shiny. I think I'm in the same boat as you. Is that I had people I liked for it, and then when they either aged out of it or have, in the case of Cavill, which I know no one likes, but he's franchised himself out of it. I think. There's nobody else I really have an, an eye on. Dan no, Dan Stevens, was, maybe. Yeah, I still like Dan Stevens. Mm. Um, thing is, uh, personally, I I kind of don't give a shit about any of the limitations that the, a lot of people care about, like age. Well, my worry so, is that whoever you put in there is the same people making the decisions who, of late, I haven't agreed with. Like Like what? Well, like Spectre, for instance, how that got greenlit and made bothers me. Right. Because it's so bad in terms of how it's made and the ideas behind it. Like the idea of what pisses me off is the idea of Blofeld being behind Le Chiffre and um, Silver from Skyfall, for instance. Le Chiffre fucked up and had to make money back from some, some guys he'd nicked money from. So we're we saying that Blofeld was the mastermind of that job. Yeah. And then Silver wanting to murder M. Are we saying... And, and all the time, Blofeld's saying it was to get to you, James. No. 
Le Chiffre wanted to get money back rather than have his, his girlfriend's head cut off. And Silver wanted to murder him because she'd left him in Hong Kong. Nothing's. To, this is like when the Zodiac killer wrote those letters in the 70s saying, by the way, that <laughs> dog that was shot the weekend, I did that. Like, fuck off. I, 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 just the decisions regarding Spectre annoy me so much. I'm going to have to go back because I watched Spectre in the cinema. Hmm. And I was about halfway through, and I remember thinking, I was watching it on my own. Mm. I remember turning to myself and saying, I'm very bored. Mm. And then about 20 minutes after, I went, I think I know what he's doing yet, like Sam Mendes, and I think I quite like it. And then by the end, I was like, I don't know how I felt about any of that. Or, or, or. I hate the ending. I hate the last 10 minutes. It really upsets me. I don't even know what the last 10 minutes are. It's that boat chase uh, on the Thames and the helicopter crashes on the bridge. And oh, Blofeld's yeah. got that stupid scar, and he tells James to kill him, and he won't. Blofeld gets arrested. That's like Superman at the end of Superman 2 going, well, Luther. No, you're saying, you know, well, Zod, I should turn you into the police now. No. <laughs> it's not what you do. And then he drives off into the sunset because clearly it was his last Bond film, but no. Anyway, uh, I, anyway. I, I, I'll tell you what. I've then, hijacked your say, answer. John Boyega. John Boyega. I forget if we've changed the question now. Anyway, but I would yeah. say, next Bond, John Boyega. Hi. That's not a bad shout, but I doubt he would ever want to be in a franchise ever again. Oh, no, I know. Mm. <clears throat> I think his Star Wars experience was tainted slightly yeah, by yeah. everything about it. Yeah, maybe not. I think he's the only person that came out of the whole thing with his head held high, though. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining me with A Night in Paris. Yeah, that was uh, it was fun. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't write my original intro when I said, sitting on my hog being chased by a chopper. <laughs> good thing you didn't say that out loud then. Good, good, isn't it? Yeah. Well, thank you, Dan, and uh, take care. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Tuesday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Hi, I'm Keza McDonald. And I'm Ellie Gibson. And this is our new show, Extra Life. It's basically us talking to funny people about video games. When I was a kid, it was Grand Theft Auto. There's Sinclair ZX Spectrum. We talk about the games people remember from when they were kids and what they're playing now. Guitar Hero. The Last of Us 2. Combat on the Atari 2600. No, I love Pokemon. Anyway, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Extra Life. GreatBigOwl.com Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.